this morning that we're very thankful and grateful for your presence. We're thankful and grateful for the people on our online community. We're thankful and grateful for those that are, that are absent this morning. And we just pray that whatever their stay is, whatever their stay is, that God will bless them. Uh, God has an interesting word. And, and as I uh, uh, pondered and was going through many things uh, past week and thinking about the different things uh, this past week and the week prior to, and the things that people are going through. And so uh, God prompted this in my spirit. And it's a word not only for those that's in the house, but it's also a word for those that are listening on uh, the online community because we never know what people are going through. So this morning we want to talk about rising above the storms of life. Rising above the storms of life. I don't know about you all, but, you know, we all go through storms in life. We all, we all go through things. And as I was speaking with God and and he's saying to me, and, and as I dealt with many people, uh, God was saying to me, he said, many people are having storms, but they have to understand why they are having storms and, and how they're able to rise above what they're going through. Everybody's storm is different. And so now we, we invite your attention. We're going to first go to the book of 1 Samuel chapter number 30. We want us to find our, our place there. 1 Samuel chapter number 30. But we have to understand, what, we ask ourselves a question. Now, what is, the, what is a storm? What is a storm? How does a storm come about in the natural? Now, uh, the storm or a storm is the converging or the coming together of natural occurrences and elements that, that react and affect the environment, and they impact the normal course of life. Storms impact the normal courses of life. And so when, when storms converge, they come from natural things. And these natural things are already present, uh, just such as the wind, the, the heat, and, and the water. Now, when you think of hurricanes and, and, and uh, tsunamis and cyclones, when you think about those things, uh, they come from elements of the earth that's already present, the wind, uh, the rain and water. When you think about hurricanes, talk about storms, they come from what's already right here on the earth. Now, a question, God gave us some questions this morning. It is the first thing, what do you do when everything you trusted in collapses? What do you do when everything that you trusted in collapses? Okay? The next thing is, how do you prepare for a sudden change in life? So whatever your situation is right now, you have to understand, you have to know, or you ask yourself a question, how do I prepare for a sudden change in life? Not something that you already know, but something that's sudden, something out of the, uh, uh, the ordinary, you know, something you did not uh, expect. But how do you prepare for those sudden changes in life? And the third thing he says is, how do you recover when life hits you on the blind side? Anybody been hit on the blind side before? <laughs> I can raise my hand. I always I got a trophy and a T-shirt. But, but how now? How do we respond? 
How, how do we respond? Or how do we co? How do we recover? Because there is a recovery season. How do we recover when we are hit on the blind side of life? Well, let's go to the book of First Samuel, chapter number thirty. And this way, we can see an example that God gives uh, when we are hit by different things in life. First Samuel, chapter number thirty. First Samuel. Chapter number 30. 1 Samuel chapter number 30. Okay? Now verse 1 says, And it came to pass when David, when David and his men were come to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag and smit Ziklag and burned it with fire. The first thing we got to, to look at and understand is what does all these words mean? They have meaning. The first thing they talk about is a place called Ziklag. Now, Ziklag is a place of distress. It is a place of, of oppression. Remember now, when storms arise, sometimes we do get depressed. I don't know about y'all, but sometimes when things happen, you know, um, we, we may find ourselves in a depressed situation, okay? And this is what happened here with, with David, the beloved of God. He had gotten, to, he had gotten in a place of, of dis, distress. And the next thing it says, there's a word that says the Amalekites. The Amalekites came upon them. What does that word mean? That word there means the, a consumer of our nutrients or the consumer of those things that are healthy. See, in storms, depends on how we go through storms, and it depends on how we react uh, to storms. Storms will consume the healthy part of us. If we're not careful, if we allow it, I mean, we have nutrients, we have the word of God. And if we're not careful and if we're not steadfast during the time of a storm, then the Amalekites, it will consume those things that we have on the inside. It will consume the nutrients that we have, those things that keeps us healthy. Because a lot of times when we're going through, a lot of times we, want to, we don't want to take the Bible and start reading, right? We don't, that, that's, you know, somebody said, well, what you need to do is get in the Word, get in the Word. Well, getting in the Word sometimes might be the last thing from our minds. Amen. It could very well be the last things from our mind, getting in the Word of God. But we have to also understand this. It was consumed. Whenever storms come, they are designed to consume us. But we have to be very careful and make sure we stand. Amen. Now, look at that verse number 2 in 1 Samuel's chapter number 30, okay? Now, verse 2 says this, and, and, and had taken the women, okay? S sometimes things are taken captive when we go through storms. It says, and had taken the women captives that were therein. They slew not any, either great or small, but carried them away and went on their way. Watch verse number 3. It says, so David and his men came to the city, talking about the place of Ziklag, came to that place where they were in a place of distress. When they came to that place, it says, and behold, it was burned with fire, and their wives and their sons and their daughters was taken captives. Well, what does that mean? Their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captives. We have to understand the Hebrew meaning of the word son and the word daughter means builders of the family name of God. So what happened here, uh, what was taken captive was the builders within us, the, the builder. 
and, and the son and the, and, and, and the daughter. It's the builder. Those things that build, thank you, Holy Spirit. Those things that build Christ within us, that they had taken that. When the consumer comes, it's looking not so much at you. It wants what you have on the inside. But the question is, God says, now, how do we rise above the storms of life? Watch David. Watch what happens now. It's just like when we go through storms. We all go through storms, okay? Now, in verse, verse number, number four says, And David and the people that was with him, they lifted up their voice and they wept until they, no, until they had no more power to weep. Watch verse five. And David's two wives were taken captive, Athemam, the Zezerite, and Abigail, the wife of Nabal. Now, David's two wives, Ahinam, that word there means, in the Hebrew, it means beauty. It also means pleasantry, and it also means good spirit. Whenever we're going through a storm, maybe I need to speak about me personally. Whenever I'm going through a storm, my my spirit, that pleasantry that sometimes you may encounter me having, I may not have it. I may not be in good spirit. Amen. When you're going through a storm, it's not necessarily you always got a good spirit going on, right? Can we be real in the house? Amen. When you're going through, you don't necessarily have that, that beauty that, that flows from our spirit when we, because we're going through a storm. So what had happened here, now they had taken, they had that consumer had robbed us of our pleasantry. You know how you sometimes get short at folk when you're going through a storm. I'm the only person that's been through that. I'm the only person that's done that. <laughs> you know, you're not so pleasant anymore, you know. You're grumpy, you're grouchy, and you're irritable, amen, when you're going through a storm, amen? Yeah, we're real, right? Okay, we're real. Holy Ghost knows what he's saying. I'm just following what he's saying. And then he talks about his wife, Abigail. Abigail, that word Abigail, that means, it means joy. Sometimes when you're going through a storm, sometimes your joy either gets low or your joy is depleted, Amen? But that's the ultimate goal of the Amalekites. That's the ultimate goal of those consumers because what's happening is when we go through the storm, it sometimes and most of the time it robs us of our joy. We're not the you know free person, not the happy person, the happy-go-lucky person, and we're always saying you know I'm blessed and highly favored. Something happens when we're going through a storm. Same thing here when it comes down to David. Now, verse number six says this. And David was greatly uh, distressed, for the people spake of stoning him, because the soul of all the people were grieved, every man for his son and for his daughter. And watch what happens when you're going through a storm. Amen. And when everybody around you don't quite understand what's happening, this comes to the time when it says, but David, the latter part of verse 6, but David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. When you're going through the storm and there's nobody there else to encourage you, we have to learn to encourage ourselves. Amen. Because everybody's not going to be there for you when you're going through a storm. Amen. They'll say, that, well, that's yours. That mean, that, that, that's your plate. You know? But you've got to understand, you got to, going through that storm, you've got to be willing to pat your own self on the back. You have to begin to encourage yourself when you're going through a storm. This is how you rise up above the storm. First, you've got to encourage yourself. 
Now, verse number 7 says, And David said to Abathar, the priest, and Amalek, Amalek's son, it says, I pray, I pray uh, thee, bring me here the, the ephod, the, uh, the ephod. Uh, then it says, Abathar brought thither the ephod, the ephod to David. Well, what does that mean? Well, when you look at the word Abathar, Abathar means the father, the father of the remnant. The father of the remnant. remnant. Or it also means uh, the re- that which remaineth on the inside. Sometimes when you're going through a storm, you may have a little bit to hold on to, so to keep you from, from being tossed overboard. You, you have a little bit remaining. And then the, the other word there, it, it means uh, royalty. It means, it means royalty. So he, he calls for, for um, the ephod because, see, we have to begin to build ourselves because we have to remember we are royalty. I don't care how low the storm take us. We have to remember that we are royalty. Amen. And being by being royalty, we know that God, he will take care of us and then he will provide all the resources that we need. All right, now, going to 1 Samuel chapter 30. Now, looking at verse number 8, it says, And David inquired at the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue after this, this troop, or shall I overtake them? And he answered him, he says, Pursue, for thou shalt overtake them, and without fail, watch what he said, Recover all. That's another thing you have to remember when you're going through a storm, that you will recover all. I don't care what you lost, spiritually, physically, or financially. If we can remember, and this helps us to rise above the storm, we have to remember that we are going to recover all. Amen? You got to remember that. Because, see, you're going through a storm, and you have to remember that. God says you're going to recover everything. Now, verse number 9 says, So David went... He and the 600 men that were with him and came to the brook Besor, who's those that were left behind stayed. Now, that word Besor, that means that during the time of a storm, you have to find you a cheerful place. <laughs> you got to find a cheerful place when you're going through your storm. You have to, whatever makes you happy. Whatever gives you joy, cheer, whatever can cheer you up, and while you're going through the storm, that's the place where you need to get. That, that's where you have to get because you've got to remember now, you are and you will rise above the storm. But you have to position yourself because sometimes those winds, those stormy winds, they get kind of rough sometimes. Can I say amen? It gets rough. But try to find that cheerful place. And once you find that cheerful place, you will see there's going to be some light, some brightness coming, okay? Now, let's drop on down to verse number 18 in 1 Samuel chapter number 30. 1 Samuel chapter number 30, looking at verse number 18. Watch what happens when we begin to follow God. Now, verse 18 says, and David did what? He recovered all that the Amalekites, okay, the consumers of our nutrients, the, 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 those things that are healthy. God says that he, we will recover all when we're going through that storm. He said he recovered all. And then he said he rescued his two wives. He rescued the, the, the beauty and, and the pleasantry and, 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 and the wonderful spirits that we have. You know, we have to go after those things. 
We have to rescue our joy. We have to get back and, and say, the, the joy of the Lord is my strength. And when you're going through a storm, you got to remember now, you're going to rescue. Even though it looks like, hey, my joy is in the bottom of the pit. You have to remember that God said you're going to recover all. Your joy is going to come back. Not only that, but your good spirit is coming back. You know, the pleasantry, all that is coming back. When you, when you, when you come up out of that storm, that is going to happen. Then verse 19 says, And there was nothing lacking to them, neither small nor great, neither sons nor daughters, neither spoil nor anything that had taken them to David. He recovered all. We have to remember, in order to rise above the storm, we have to remember that we are going to recover all. Okay, we're going to recover all, everything that, that the storm took away from us. Now, something else we have to keep embedded in our spirit. This is what we have to remember. Now, Genesis chapter 8, verse 22 tells us this. As long as the earth remains, there will be seed time and harvest. That's going to be day. There's going to be night. There's going to be summer. And there is going to be winter. Well, what does that mean? That means that during the time of the storm, we have to get it embedded in our spirit that that as long as the earth remains, there's going to be seed plus time and then harvest. Seed means there's going to be a, a planting season. It's going to take time in the planting season, and then you're going to reap. So when you're going through your, your, your season of trials of, of storms, remember to plant. What am I going to plant? Plant love. <laughs> uh, 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 plant friendship. Amen. You know, uh, plant those things on how you can be a blessing to others. You're going to be planting, planting, planting the things that God will uh, call and ordain for us to do. Because sometimes you can be nice. Oh, I hear your Holy Spirit. Sometimes in our planting season, when, we, when we're being nice to someone, it seems like, you know, that being nice to them, like nothing's going to come from it. But we also got to remember that in our planting season, it's going to take time to make some people come around. Whatever your situation may be, it's going to take some time. But you will reap. But you got to go through the first process. You got to plant. And then you have to wait. Nobody likes to wait on God, right? Amen. All people that say, I don't have, I don't have a problem waiting on God. Well, I, I, I don't think so. <laughs> Nobody likes waiting because waiting is, 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 is heartbreaking. It's hurting. And, and you're going through some things and you're ready for God to move. And seem like God just not moving. But then we get to understand, as long as the earth remains, there's going to come that remain that, that, that planting season. You're going to have to have that waiting season. All this is in a storm now. I hear you, Holy Spirit. And then there's that, that reaping season if we don't give up. Amen. And then he says that's going to be uh, day and night. In our storms, we're going to find, we'll have breakthroughs. There's going to be moments of daylight, okay? But then there's going to be a time of adversity. Night means adversity. So there's going to be some times of, of trials and tribulations, even in the midst of our storm. We have to understand that. It says there's going to be summer, and then there's, there is going to be winter. And so I begin to look at the, what does cold and heat means. And then the Lord, the Lord says this, summer and winter. He says cold means there's going to be a time when things are very quiet. 
it, it appears or it will appear that God is not even moving in our life. That's that quiet season when you're going through that storm. You know, before a storm really hits, if you ever thought about a hurricane or a tornado, before, especially a hurricane, before it hits, when you talk about the eye of the storm, it's very quiet. I, I remember when, when there was, a, I think it was in Jamaica, might have been last year, year before last, when the hurricane was, was hitting at that particular time, uh, there were some uh, people that he had befriended on Facebook. And they chose to, to, to uh, uh, ride out the storm. They chose to ride out the hurricane. And all she, they, were, they were on the phone the whole time with him, during the whole time that the hurricane was hitting. And all of a sudden the lady said, oh, my God, it's very quiet. It is very quiet. Well, right after that, then all of a sudden the hurricane hits. So there's going to be a quiet time in our life when the storms of life are hitting. You're going to have that quiet time. You're going to have that. But the thing is, you've got to remember now, in our winter season, sometimes, uh, uh, we sometimes, when we're in our winter season, we will come inflamed with self. In other words, in our winter time, we have to be careful that we do not get caught up in self because we're going through a storm. Amen. That what happens in all of those seasons. So we got to keep that embedded in our spirit. You got to have that planting season. You're going to have that waiting season. You're going to have that re- uh, reaping season. And then God says, you know, that there's going to be a time when you're going to be full of self. Anybody ever been full of self before? Amen. You'll be full of self while you're going through your storm, okay? But then he says, now, don't, don't worry about it because God says, even though your quiet season is there, when it feels like nothing else is happening, he says, remember this, blessings comes in seasons. Blessings comes in season. Now, let's go to the book of Ezekiel. Ezekiel chapter number 34. Ezekiel chapter number 34 Ezekiel chapter number 34 we're talking about rising above the storms of life Ezekiel chapter number 34 Ezekiel chapter number 34 and we're going to look at one verse verse number 26 here in that particular text okay are we there Ezekiel chapter number uh, 34 Verse number 26. It says, And I will make them and the places around about my hill, my hill, a blessing. And I will cause the shower to come down in his season. There shall be showers of blessings. Now, what God says next is this. Whatever you're going through in your storm, whatever you're going through, you've got to remember that is seasonal. Whatever storm that you're going through right now, you have to remember that it is seasonal. Very important. As you're as, as remembering that in order to rise above the storms of life and stay steadfast, you have to remember that this is just seasonal. You know, you think about in the natural. You got spring, you got summer, you got fall and winter. We don't have the twelve months of winter, right? <laughs> we we don't have twelve months of summer, 
We don't have 12 months of, of, of spring or 12 months of fall what we, or summer. What we have is, is seasonal. Each season changes. So while we're going through the storm, we have to remember the storm is seasonal. The key to life is this, outlasting the season. Outlast. This is the key. You have to outlast the season that you're in. Then understand this, seasons are temporal. So what you're going through is just temporary. They, they They are temporal. Then the next thing God says to me, he says, never make your dark place a permanent address. <laughs> never make your dark place a permanent address. Have you ever, you know, been in a dark place and it's like, okay, I'm going to forever be here. We talk ourselves into being there forever, <laughs> making it a permanent address, right? We, we do that. When we talk ourselves and making that dark place, when God says that, that, that the season that we're in is just seasonal, it's just temporal. But if we're not careful, we will talk ourselves into making that dark place a permanent address. Anybody been there? <laughs> you made that dark place a permanent address. And when God said it's seasonal, that's not a permanent address. No, it's just seasonal. It is just temporarily. Thank you, Lord, for the temporary seasons. Amen. Because I have been through all the seasons, and I'm sure all of you have been through all the seasons as well. But I have to remember now, if I'm going to rise above the storms of life, i got to trust God. i got to know and believe, okay, God, it might look dog right now, but this season, too, is going to pass. This storm is going to pass. This is what we have to understand. And then God says this. There's a purpose of a storm. There's a purpose. There's a purpose for every storm that we are going through or are going to go through. There's a purpose. Now, let's go to St. Matthew chapter number 7. St. Matthew, chapter number 7. You have to catch it as, as the Lord give it. Amen. You have to catch it as the Lord give it. Amen. Because you've got to make sure now. That, because, see, if you're not in a storm right now and you're in a good season, you can rest assured that that season is just temporary. Okay? Because there's another season around the corner. Amen. But if you're in a rough season, you've got to remember, okay, this season is going to pass. And so I'm, I'm going to go to a better season. Okay? So, so we have to remember that. This helps us rise above the storm. Now, the purpose of a storm. What's the purpose of the storm? Let's look at St. Matthew chapter number 7, beginning at verse number 24. Verse 24 says, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. Built his house upon a rock. Watch 25. It says, And the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew, and beat upon that house. And it fell not, for it was what? Founded on a rock. See, when, when you're going through trials and tribulations, if you're founded on the rock, if you're founded on Jesus Christ, 
Because, see, he's, he's a sure foundation. He is a sure foundation. I don't care how many trials and tribulations and how many storm comes or, or what season you're in. When, 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 when these things come, when, I mean, when things begin to beat down on you, if your foundation is okay and your foundation has got to be Jesus Christ, then you're going to be able to stand. You're going to be able to weather the storm. That's what his word says. You see, when we're, when we're rising above the storm, when we're going through that thing and, and it's difficult and it's hard, we have to remember to stay steadfast and stay standing on the rock. We got to stand on what he says in his word. Go back to it again. That is God's mind on paper. So God said it. That's his mind. He's wrote it. He's written it. It's God's mind on paper. He says if my foundation is in him, whatever comes, whatever, whatever tries to beat us down, it, it can't stand. It, your house, you will, thank you, Holy Spirit, you will not collapse. <laughs> this house, <laughs> you will not collapse. That's what he's saying. But you've got to be on the right foundation. Okay? Now watch, watch the next verse, verse 26 in St. Matthew chapter 7. It says, and everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them what not, wow, shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat upon that house. And what did it do? It fell and great was the fall of it. Both, both of them had the same uh, uh, adversities or temptations. They, they, they both, okay, the, the man who was standing, who was building, had his built on the rock, the foundation. His foundation was on the rock of Jesus Christ. He had a storm. I mean, it was rough. It was hard. I mean, it was difficult. But what happened was he didn't fall. But then there was this other, what God called him, a foolish man. Anytime you're not built on the rock. On the foundation of Jesus Christ, God said, you're foolish. See, they said the foolish man got the same winds. He got the rain. He got the winds. He got the floods. But what happened? He fell. His house fell. Why? Because it was built upon sand. Have you ever tried to build anything in sand? It, 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 it won't stay. It won't last. It won't grow. Nothing. But so when the storms of life comes, you've got to make sure you're built on the right foundation. It's, it's very important to be built on the right foundation. And then when storms come, the whole purpose also for storms is to, this is what God says, to test the structure of your house. It's to test the structure of your house. When storms come, it's to test what you're really made out of, what you're made out of. It, we can talk, oh, I hear your Holy Spirit. We can talk a good game, right? But when the storm comes, it will tell whether or not our talk is real or not. Amen. It, it, it'll show up now. It'll show up in your walk. It'll show up in your talk. Amen. But those storms in our life, they come to test us to see what's, what's your foundation, what, what you're made of, what your house is made of. You know, we can say a lot of things. Anybody, you know, it used to be where you can say, oh, I can make it through this and I can do this. And uh, if I was that person, I'd do it. But wait till you walk in that individual's shoes and see whether or not your house going to stand. Amen. So, so then the next thing God says now, when it comes down uh, to your foundation and it comes down your house, he says, every house has a building code. There's every house 
You know, in the natural, every house that's going to be built, it has to go by the building code, right? That there are laws and there are regulations that has to be set forth. Amen. As it is in the natural, so it is in the spiritual. You got to have the right building codes. Our manual, our, our uh, uh, as far as the Christians or the disciples of God, the, the Word of God, God's mind on paper, is gives us the standards that we need for our building code. Amen. Now, you got the state. The state will have their rules and regulations when it comes down to, to the building code. God also has rules and regulations and standards when it comes to the building, the, the building codes of the house, this house right here. Amen. Now, let's go. Slow down, Brendan. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, looking at verse number 11. 1 Corinthians chapter number 3. How do we rise above a storm? Amen. Amen. Because we know we talked about in Matthew chapter 7, we talked about that foundation. You've got to make sure your foundation is right. Now, Matthew, I mean, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 3, verse number 11 tells us about the foundation and who the foundation is. It says this, For every foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. So if, if, if you want to make sure you're standing when you're going through storms and, and knowing that you're going to rise above the storm, you have to make sure that your foundation is Jesus Christ. Now, I'm going to read a couple other verses here because I did not write these down, but let's, let's see something. It says in verse 12, Now if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, or stubble, it says, every man's work should be made manifest, will be made known. For the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. You have to be careful what, what you're building on, on, on Christ. You know, it says, it, it begins to give an example. He says, if any man build upon this foundation, talking about the foundation of Jesus Christ, gold and silver, it's not about how much money you got. It, that should not be your ultimate purpose. Our ultimate purpose is eternal life. And see, regardless of, of, of what one has and what the other does not have, if you're not built on the right foundation, God says, what's going to happen? He says, I'm going to try your work. In other words, he said, listen, I'm going to send you through the storms of life. And if, if you're not uh, rooted and grounded in him, he says what's going to happen, you're going to be consumed. Time and times trials and tribulations consume us. They, they will consume us because we're not on the right foundation. I don't care how low you get. Make sure you pick up God's mind on paper. Because something about God's mind on paper is just powerful. It works when you don't even know it's working. When you're going through, when you're praying and it seems like things just ain't working, you just understand, okay, God, I'm doing what you say. Do, I'm praying, I'm standing on, on a firm foundation, I trust you, I know sooner or later this season is going to pass too. He said, now I'm going to try your work. He said, he's going to try every man's work to see what sort it is. I'm, I'm going to test you. <laughs> That's what he said. I'm going to test you to see whether or not you're going to stand or see whether or not you believe me. Anybody been tested lately? <laughs> hey, test. That's, I'm going to test you. That's what I'm, I'm going to test you. 
But the way we, we survive is through Jesus Christ himself. Don't put your trust in man. Oh, no, 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 no. Put your trust in God. Don't, the Bible says don't put your, your trust in flesh. Mm-mm. You have to put your trust in God. Now, the next thing God says is this. Now, I'm going to give you what God gave me. Now, he says there are ten keys to rising above the storm. This is what he gave me. He said, the first thing is, you have to believe you are built for the storm. You got to believe that, that you're built for the storm, that that storm cannot take you out. You got to know without a shell of a doubt that you are built. You are built for the storm. You're built. He said, yes, Lord. You're built for the storm. And then he said, the next thing is, you have to understand storms are natural. The things that comes in our life, the, the trials and tribulations and persecution, these things are natural. These things has to be. Because if we were never tested, why do you think they test automobiles before they release them offline? They got to be tested, right? They have to be tested. Before, before God can release us to do anything or even to share our testimonies or to talk to anybody else, God says, I've got to test you. You've got to be tested. You've got to be tested. You've got to be tested. And then the next thing is you have to understand the nature. That's the third one. Understand the nature of your storm. Now, some things we bring on ourselves, right, and we get the storm. Some things God said, I'm going to go ahead and test you. I'm going to see if you're going to stand. You remember Job? The Bible talks about Job. You know, he hadn't done nothing wrong. You know, at, at that point, he hadn't done nothing wrong. But he was tested. I mean, he was tested. Every, he, he lost everything. Then it turned around. He lost all of his children. But the Bible said he still did not curse God like his wife says. His wife told him, say, you just curse God and die. And he looked at her and he said, you sound like a foolish woman. So you got to understand why you are being tested. You got to understand the nature of your storm. Did I bring the storm on? <laughs> you got to be real with what I said, right? You got to be honest, all right? Did I bring this storm on, or is this somebody else? Oh, I hear you, Holy Spirit. Is this somebody else's storm? Because, you know, we can get caught up in somebody else's storm. And you don't want to get caught up in somebody else's storm. Because what's meant for them, you're going to get it too. So you can easily get caught up in somebody else's storm. And then it could be just God says, okay, I'm going to test you because I'm getting, oh, I hear you, Holy Spirit. I'm getting ready to elevate you to the next level. And you've got to be able to go through some things in order to be, it's just like being promoted. As long as you are um, online, when I say online, I'm not talking about social media. I'm talking about working in a plant. Okay, as long as you're there or wherever you're working with, as long as you're there on, the, on that level with everybody else, as long as you're there, everything is good, right? But the moment you get promoted, them same friends that was there with you, they ain't there with you no more. How do I know? I've been there. I, I was a regular employee working just like everybody else was a regular. But the moment I chose to get promoted, all of a sudden I'm the devil. That's how it goes. I mean, <laughs> hey, that, that's, how it, that's how it goes. Those friends that you thought you are going to have for a lifetime with you, when you go to work, you got some people, they won't even want to speak to you. Oh, you think you're better than anybody else. They used to tell me, so how 
what do you think you, you can uh, be a Christian and live for God and be a supervisor? I said, excuse me, what does that have to do with it? I know what's right and I know what's wrong. You know what I'm saying? But people changes. Well, oh, I hear you, Holy Spirit. People changes when you get promoted, not only in the natural, but when you get promoted in the spirit. They will change on you. I, I remember we, we, there was a, a couple that, that, that used to uh, come. Uh, they, they moved away. I think they, they lived in somewhere in Greenville, North Carolina, somewhere. That was this couple. And the wife used to want us to pray all the time for her husband. And she wants him to, 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 to be the man of the house like he's supposed to be. I mean, to come into the church. Well, what happened was God answered her prayer. The man, he comes into the house of God. He gets saved. All of a sudden, he began to grow spiritually. He began to grow. You know what happened? The old wife that wanted, wanted us to pray that her husband come into the house and begin to grow in God. When he began to grow in God, I mean, she gets jealous. That's crazy. Well, I pray one thing, and when you see God doing it, you get jealous. He just answered your prayer. But, but, but she wasn't satisfied until the devil pulled him right on out the church. Wasn't satisfied. But that was a prayer that was, that was praised. And I, and I think and I, I praise God. So we got to understand now, we have to understand that the nature of the storm. Everybody's not going to be your friend. When you're going through a storm, especially if there's a promotion you know, in line for you, spiritually, spiritually as well as physically. And the next thing God says, do not curse your storm. Do not curse your storm. In other words, don't beg and ask God, God, would you please abort this storm? I don't want to go through this. See, storms are for a purpose. They are for a purpose. Boy, I, the Holy Spirit, I see the Holy Spirit moving. I can see him moving. You know, sometimes the things that we go through, we, we want God to abort that storm, right? We don't want to go through that storm, right? Can I be real? We don't want, hey, I, I mean, I, I speak for me. I don't want to speak for nobody else. Everybody may have, have you know, got it going on. I, I can't tell you that I have. Because there are some times when I say to God, God, I do not want to go through this. I, I, I'm being real. Can we be real? But God, but that's a purpose. I, when God gave it us, then I began to understand. He said, I'm making you, girl. I, I'm, I'm giving you the strength that you need. I don't know what God has ahead for me, but what I do know, I cannot afford to curse the storm. Because if I curse my storm, that thing that the storm is supposed to do in me, then I would abort it. And if I abort it, it's not doing me any good. Amen. There's no spiritual growth if you ain't never been through nothing. You see, my storm may not be what your storm is. My storm may not be what your storm is. But your storm may not be what my storm is. But we all got a storm, right? We all go through storms. But we got to remember now, those storms are seasonal. They are temporal. And we're going to rise above them. Then the thing God says this. He says, oh, I hear you, Holy Spirit. He says, use the storm to test your true self. Use the storm to test who you really are. Use that storm to test who you really are. You'll never know what you're made of until you go through a storm. Everybody was satisfied with themselves since they've been going through the storm. <laughs> Woo! Boy, it's tight up in here. Holy Ghost knows. I just love the Lord. Amen. 
Amen. I love him. And then he says this. He said, let the storm expand the limit of your potential. Most of us are not operating in our fullest potential. He said, but you let that storm, let the storm expand what we've limited ourselves to do. Because you all got great potential. But he said, use that storm to allow uh, uh, your potential to be expanded. I said, and that sounds like a tough job, right? But we remember now, we're rising above the storm. We're rising above the storm. See, these are keys to rise above the storm. All right? And then the next thing he says, use the storm to rest and test your faith in God. Use the storm to rest. Think about an eagle. And God uses the eagle when it comes down to, to, to the children of God. He uses the eagle. But when you think in the natural, when you think about an eagle, an eagle flies into the storm. It flies into the storm. And what the eagle does, it rises so high. And once it rises so high, then what happens is it just rests. It takes its wing. It, don't, it, don't, it doesn't flap anymore. It rests on the storm. He says, use the storm to, to be able to rest in God. Rest in him, even though you're in the midst of a storm. Think about if you ever ridden an airplane. And while you're on the airplane, when you, while you're going on the airplane, all of a sudden you might hit some, some, some air, they call them air pockets. It seems like the airplane going to fall out the sky. I remember the first time I, I rode the airplane, I said, oh, Jesus, come and give. We're we going on home today, you know, because I had never experienced anything like that. I, I was 18 years old on my way to college to Dallas, Texas, you know, and that thing began to hit the air pockets. The plane hit them air pockets, and that thing got the shaking and can on, and I'm fearful. But all of a sudden, the higher the plane went, it just smoothed right over. And when you, when you, when you, all you did, it was as if that space was there. And it was so quiet there in that space, and you could look down on the clouds. You see, when you're rising above the storm, and, and, and when, when, it's, when it's, you're being tested and you're resting, what you're doing is you're now resting on that thing that's driving you crazy. So you you got to rest. you got to learn how to rest in that storm. And keep your faith while you're in the storm. you got to keep your faith while you're in the storm. Because you got to remember now what Jesus said to Peter. He said, now listen. He said, Satan desires to sift you as wheat. He said, but I've already prayed for you that your faith faileth not. You have to make sure when you're going through the storm that your faith don't fail you. And he said, when, when you come out of this, Peter, he said, then you go and convert your brothers. Because somebody else is getting ready to go through that same thing you're going through. They may have a different type of storm, but they still got a storm. Amen. And then God says this. God says this. He says this. He says this to me. He says, let the storm clean up your relationships and your bad habits. Let the storm clean up your relationships and your bad habits. You know, when you're going through a storm, you can tell who your friends are when you're going through. (laughs) Because, see, when you're going through and they'll look at you like, hmm, I don't know what's wrong with them, what happened to them. They look down on you. See, that lets you know that, that you got, you're in some relationships that need to be cleaned out. Because everybody can't go where you're going. So he uses that storm to test those relationships. Everybody that said they love you don't love you. Everybody that said they love God don't love God. That's what the word of God says. 
He, that's what he said. He said, but not only that, not only to clean people out of your life because they're not, not good for you. He said, but even for your own self, to clean up your bad habits is what God says. Use, use the storm to clean up. That's his purpose. It's to clean up those bad habits that we have. Amen. Because if you never, this is like this. Most times when people, everything appears to be well, we don't be calling on the name of Jesus. We don't rise up early in the morning and sit before the Lord. We don't do that. But you let that storm hit. I mean, we get to calling on God. I mean, we get to calling, begging and pleading, snot running everywhere, tears dropping. Oh, God, please do something. I'm going. He knows what you're going through. You got to understand there's a purpose for that storm. There's a purpose for the storm. And then God says this, let the storm drive you closer to divine material. In other words, let the storms of life draw us closer or drive us closer to God. You have to allow the storm to drive us closer to the Lord. And then the final thing, because we're supposed to be on a firm foundation. And the final thing God says this, he says, see the storm as a messenger from God. See the storm as a messenger from God. See the storm as a messenger from God. God, the storm I'm going, I'm going through, this, you, you are sending me a message. There's a message in every storm. These are the things you have to remember when we're going through the storm. There's a purpose for the storm that's within our lives. And we have to also remember that God will help us rise above the storm. But you have to remember what he said. You got to remember what he said. When you're going through, you have to remember what God says. God's mind on paper. What did God say while I'm going through the storm? What do I need to do? What am I going to be shedding going through the storm? But God says, let my people know that there's a purpose and we can rise above the storms of life if we understand why things are the way they are when storms come. Amen. Let's give God a hand clap.